I think the biggest thing to keep in mind is that faking it until you make it is like a big thing. You have to really show up and act like you belong there and have that confidence and be like, okay, cool. This is not my first red carpet. I've done this before. Yes, I know what I'm doing. I'm gonna prepare myself so that when the opportunity comes, I don't have to get ready. You have to stay ready. Don't wait for yourself to get the opportunity to get ready. Welcome to The Art of Speaking Up, a podcast that helps professional women access the limitless potential that lies within them. I'm your host, Jessica Guzik, and my mission is to help you find that spark inside you that has the power to transform your career in ways you may not have thought possible. I'm so excited that you're here. And now, on to the show. Welcome to the show. I'm very excited to have you here. If you are just finding out about the podcast, welcome. I'm Jess. I'm the host of the podcast. I am a coach for women in the nine to five space, and I spent many years in the nine to five space working on my confidence and finding my voice. And now I spend all of my time helping other women do the same thing. And I have such a good interview for you on today's show. So today's guest is a friend of mine who was with me together in the very first ever improv class that either of us had ever taken. And I was so excited to bring her on because she is a professional entertainment host. Part of her job and part of what she does is all about using her voice. And one of the things that she uses her voice to do are things like interviewing famous people on the red carpet. And so she has been in these higher stakes, a little bit high pressure situations. And she has such an authentic, like magnetic, confident presence. And I really wanted to talk to her and hear all of the wisdom that she had to share in terms of how to bring out confidence and how to just like show up for that moment where it's time to speak and it can feel really, really scary. And there's so much in this conversation that I love, but I think what really hit home for me so much and what I hope will feel like liberating and freeing for you is, you know, I asked her, like, how do you bring confidence into the interviewing that you do and how do you speak with confidence? And she really talks about fear being present, nerves being present, and just still showing up anyway. And that was so powerful for me to hear. And I hope that hearing everything that she has to share is equally powerful for you because I think we really do often put ourselves in a category where we think that we're different from other people. We think, you know, our confidence problem is bigger than everyone else's or it's easier for everyone else or no one else is like dealing with it the way that we are dealing with it. And while we all have a unique experience, right? And I don't think it's necessarily true to say that every single person's experience is the the same. I do think there is a shared component to being in a moment that feels hard, scary, vulnerable, really, really tough, and learning how to be in that moment and learning how to have your own back in that moment and get yourself through that moment so that over time you can face that moment again and again and again and again and show yourself that you absolutely can show up for it. And 
in my work and in what I do, that is how confidence is built. And so this conversation with Amy is going to tell you so much and I think teach you so much and make you feel so seen when it comes to the topic of finding your voice and believing that whatever you're sharing, however you're sharing it is good enough for the moment and that you can show up and share your perspective and speak up even if you don't feel 100% ready, even if it feels hard, even if it feels scary. I'm so excited for you to meet Amy. Before I cut into the interview, if you want more free resources or if you want to connect with the other women who listen to the show in our private Facebook group, go into the show notes. You will see a link to the free resources page of my website. This is where you'll find my free executive presence course, Speak Like a CEO. You will find my free ebook, The Smart Ambitious Woman's Guide to Assertiveness in the Workplace. And you will also find the link to join us and join me in the free Facebook community. I would love to see you there. You'll find that link in the show notes and it'll take you to all of the free things. And I suggest that you get them all because why not? And with that, I'm going to cut into the interview, and I hope that you enjoy. I love that question, what do you do? I'm like, I don't know, too much, not enough, I don't know. Uh, Hi, my name is Amy Cassandra Martinez. What I do, gosh, that's a good question. I get paid to be an entertainment host, and to stream on Twitch. What I do, I just like to, I don't know, do things that are creative and bring me joy. So right now that also means trying to take some acting classes, trying to take some voice lessons, trying to learn how to play the guitar and watch a lot of stuff. That's what I do. (laughs) How I got here, holy moly, that's a loaded question. Lots of (laughs) internships, lots of odd jobs, Lots of, what the heck am I doing here? Is this ever going to get better? And yeah, I mean, lots of classes and things, but you know, that's it in a nutshell. Lots of doing things that you don't understand why you're doing them to hopefully lead you to the next thing, which it does, always does. I want to talk to you about confidence because in your job now, I know you spend a lot of time like streaming, hosting on camera. So can you give us a sense of like, I guess, the different things that you've done where you have to like show up and be confident and then we'll talk about like, what is your definition of confidence? I think the biggest thing to keep in mind is that faking it until you make it is like a big thing. Okay, so as an entertainment host, that has involved doing sit down interviews that usually means long form interview. Sometimes it can just mean 10 minutes. When I say long form, I mean like an hour, kind of like what we're doing. Short form, 10 minutes or so. Super short form, meaning on the red carpet. Hi, I'm talking to the freaking rock. Okay, okay, cool. Or even just, I mean, you think of red carpets, you think like massive events. That also means smaller events where there's not as many people. Things are a little quieter and you've got people watching you as you interview people, which is super strange. That also means being a part of a panel where you're talking about movies, TV shows, actors, you know, all kinds of things like that, and making sure that you bring something to the conversation every single time you open your mouth. And now, like you said, that that for me involves streaming on Twitch, where it's literally just me. 
talking with the chat that's there. It's live. It's not ta- talking at them, talking with them and having that kind of conversation. And also it's ah, Zoom interviews, Zoom junket interviews, which is a whole other thing. When I first went to my first red carpet, Okay, so I worked at AfterBuzz TV, which was owned by Maria Menounos and her now husband, Kevin Undergaro. And one of the requirements was in order for you to actually go to a red carpet, you had to go to three carpets and run camera, which is wonderful because the idea of a red carpet is for most people, I mean, everything that you've ever seen on TV and movies. And that's not necessarily the case. You have to really show up and act like you belong there and have that confidence and be like, okay, Cool. This is not my first red carpet. I've done this before. Yes, I know what I'm doing. And yeah, I mean, after the first three, I was like, okay, I guess now I ask the questions and you have to know, okay, I have the the mic on me. I'm asking the question. Give it over to the person I'm asking the question for and actually be there and listen to them and just forget everything else that's going on around you, except for, you know, be aware of the time. You're not having a full-on sit-down interview with this person on a red carpet. You have to keep it moving. And one of my first interviews with another outlet was with Ron Howard. And I was like, what could I possibly ask? What is so, it's just me. I don't know. Hi, Ron Howard. Um, wow, you're so talented. Like, what do I say, right? And I think part of showing up with every single job that I do, every single interview, is having faith in myself and that whatever I bring to the table is important. And there's a reason that I'm there asking these people questions. There is a reason that I was there asking The Rock a question. A lot of things lined up so that I could be there. I wasn't gonna be there. I wasn't the host that was gonna go. We also had very slim chance, a very slim chance of actually interviewing The Rock was at the Rampage movie premiere. And I was like, really, please? He's not He's not going to come all the way down. I'll be here. He's, he's the rock. Jeffrey Dean Morgan's not going to come all the way down here. There's no way. And then they get closer. And you're like, oh my gosh, we actually have a shot. Okay, well, pull, put on your big girl pants and then be here and, and be present in this moment and don't be scared. You can be scared, but also believe in yourself. I feel like that's, That's something that I have to continuously remind myself. And when I get nervous, I mean, I still get nervous. I get nervous on Zoom interviews if it's just one person, if it's five, six people, even with streaming on Twitch. But you have to know that whatever you have to say is of value. I went to this acting, virtual acting workshop, and they basically said, like, you have just as much of a point of view as, I don't know, Ron Howard does. And I was like, what? Wow. And then I kind of sat with that and I was like, holy moly, you're right. Ron Howard has all of his experiences. I have all of my experiences. And there's no one else that has my experiences. And I think that's important to remember with whatever you're doing in life, everything, whether that be streaming on Twitch, whether that means being on a red carpet or sitting down and having an hour long conversation with someone. It's like, I've got something to bring to the table. Always, always. Because there's no one that's lived your life. I think it's so important that you're sharing like, hey, you still feel nervous sometimes because I think so many people are waiting and thinking like, oh, if I feel nervous, I shouldn't speak or like that's a sign that I should wait. And it's like, no, I mean, I don't know what it's like for you. But for me, it's like you just go through it and you just show up anyway. That reminds me of UCB classes. Yes. 
I, oh my God, I remember the first day I was like, Amy, this is it. You've been wanting to do this for so long. And I was like, okay, okay. okay. And it was like, I had, I'm a Gemini. So I guess there's always like two people inside of me <laughs> at the same time, like a little, little angel, a little devil, or maybe just both kind of like in between just trying to figure out the heck we're doing with life. But I realized, I was like, you know, if you feel nervous, I, I heard this thing that nervousness and excitement are basically the same thing. But with nervousness, you just think, oh my God, it's bad. But no, you get nervous because you're also excited. There's like a lot of that like <gasps> pent up energy and you just think it's like a bad feeling. But nervousness can be really good. Nervousness, when I like performed and like played my violin like out for the world and everything, I started playing in fifth grade and I played up until like college. And now I play every now and then when I stream on Twitch. But like I would get so nervous. That nervousness would like radiate through my fingers and give me an awesome vibrato, which is basically like you just wiggle your fingers and it just sounds even cooler. And it was just awesome. So if you harness that nervousness and excitement, it makes everything like, woo. Cause like, you know, it's just like that bubbly energy. And that's what people always say. They're like, Amy, you have such bubbly energy. I'm like, do you ever just think I'm just nervous? I'm just like, ah, all the time, there's always something here. But sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, bubbly energy. Uh huh, uh huh. The first class at UCB, I remember deciding at one point, you're gonna volunteer to be the first person to do everything. And then I was like, okay, maybe not the first person. I don't want to be that person. So the first or second. And it's like, don't let your head get in the way of what your heart is telling you. Your heart's telling you, you want to be here and you want to do the freaking thing. So do the freaking thing. That goes for auditions, right? Not even, I mean, host auditions, yeah. But also acting auditions where it's like, I don't know. Am I good enough? Who's freaking screw it? You're here. Your heart's excited to be here. Don't let your brain outthink you outfeel the moment that you're in just be present and do the thing you're having fun and don't you want to actually like be present here instead of like overanalyze everything and overthink and just like be so anxious that once it's over you're like oh i wish i was present because you're never getting that moment back so just do the thing do the thing period bam what a quote do the thing i love that you talked about ucb because i specifically remember before our show like being right next to you backstage. And I just remember, like, I don't know if you remember, but I like looked at you and I was like, we're going to do this. It's going to be fine. (laughs) I was almost like reassuring myself Mm -hmm. (laughs) because that moment is so scary, but it's like, we can never get back that experience. And that experience was so special. And I think like, I hope that anyone listening who struggles with their voice and really struggles with that can like remember that like it is an honor to have a stage to get the space for people to listen to you. And even if it doesn't always feel great or even if it feels scary, like performers like you, especially like you love the stage, right? Mm -hmm. It's like the most special place you can be. I love that you say that. It is an honor. It is an honor to have the stage. It is an honor to have a space to say what you think, what you feel. And I don't think people should take it lightly because people fight for this. People have fought for women to have a voice. People have fought for Mexicans like me to have a voice. And I, I'm, I'm a very big believer in my ancestors and like them like rooting me and everything like that. I'm like rooting for me. And, and I feel like, you know, my mom didn't work three jobs for most of her life for me to be scared, right? Like all the time. And I think it's important that even if you are terrified, even if you don't feel like you're deserving of that space, 
I feel like that really ties into the imposter syndrome, right? So once you are allowed to, or not allowed, but once you get those spaces, you're like, okay, do I belong here? It's like, my goodness, Amy, you fought to be here. Yeah, you freaking belong here. I fought to be here. Why am I doubting myself now? Why am I doubting the whole process of me getting here? Right? I I started scrubbing floors and now I get paid 99% solely just to host just to be on camera, to say what I think, to ask questions. And, and so sometimes when I'm streaming on Twitch, I'm like, gosh, people could be watching anyone. Why are they watching me? Twitch is an interesting place. So if you're not super familiar with Twitch, it's basically a streaming platform. You, know, you just, you make your own channel, you go live and you have different categories. You got music Twitch, which is what I've been kind of delving into, which helps with confidence, I guess, in a way. I never thought that I would be singing in public by myself. And when you say in public, it's like, yeah, it's still, it's virtual, but I'm doing it. I'm freaking doing it. I'm singing and playing the guitar, the guitar that I just got in December, and learning and messing up live. That's music Twitch. Big, big portion of Twitch is gaming. And as someone who wasn't really a gamer, like I've, I've, played a few games. It's also like, why would people want to watch me? I'm not a gamer. Well, you know what, Amy? You're a new gamer. Would I call myself a baby gamer? So I'm like, well, there's my value. Most people have played most of the games that I'm playing, but these are all brand new to me. So it's like, okay, well, I guess, yeah, I, I guess, I guess this is why people are here. And when you start to doubt yourself, and there's a huge portion of Twitch that is also called just chatting, which is my favorite, which is basically what we're doing. And I just chat with people that are watching me. We talk about mental health a lot. We talk about everything that's going on, really. I mean, from, you know, being excited about getting vaccines, um, vaccine appointments, to, wow, do you guys feel safe right now uh, with, you know, police brutality and everything that's happened, to consistently just trying to be better human beings. I mean, <laughs> there's always something to talk about, especially <laughs> in the last year. So we just talk about that. And I'm like, that's that's important to me. That is not a platform that I had a year ago. I really just started streaming on Twitch October 1st of last year. Coming up on our six months, we're actually having a um, 12-hour stream. And it's like a whole space that you're just like trying to understand. It's like, why me? And it's a different kind of like, why me, right? Because at the beginning, it's like, why me? Like, why am I, what am I doing? What am I doing even more so? Not not even just why me. What am I doing when I was scrubbing floors? What am I doing? Now it's like, what am I doing? Do Am I deserving of like some of the interviews that I get to do? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And then you kind of have to answer yourself and be like, no, I am. But the imposter syndrome is something that is, it's new to me. But I guess until you're in that and you're feeling that, which hopefully you don't feel that, but if you are, obviously not just you, and know that you are deserving of whatever you're doing because there's a reason you have what you're having, doing what you're doing. Yeah, you're definitely not the only one. And I'm so curious like what you would say to someone listening who is worried, like has imposter syndrome or like is worried that their voice isn't powerful or that they sound awkward or that they're shaky. And so because of that, they're not speaking up. Based on all of your growth and all of the work that you've done, what would you want that person to know? There's this quote by um, RBG that I'm probably going to mess up, but it's like, speak even if your voice shakes, something like that. It's just so powerful to me. 
when you try to figure out everything, that's when things get messy. Because it's like, you don't have to figure it all out. No one has it all figured out. I'm there. I'm going to be powerful enough. I'm going to be confident enough. I'm going to know that my voice is never going to shake. You might always have your voice shaking. Because maybe this, maybe that means that you were never around an environment that you had to raise your voice or that you had to stand up. And confrontation's like a big thing to me where it was just my mom and me. Like I never felt like I had to do anything to beg for attention. Like it was just us two. It was like us against the world. So when I'm confronted with situations where I'm like, oh my gosh, like I can't believe that person said this or I, I can't believe they just cut me out of their lives completely. Those are the moments where... And it ties into speaking up and saying that you have value, that whatever you have to say is important, that you have to realize like, hey, again, it comes back to your point of view. No one has your point of view. No one has all of your experiences. And that's why it's important to speak up. Speak up for yourself. Speak up for others. You could say that there's an art (laughs) to speaking up. (laughs) That's coming, Amy. That's coming. (laughs) Um, But yeah, you know, like... It's something that I'm learning to do, speaking up for others also, because, you know, you grow up and you're like, oh, well, just focus on yourself. Like, don't get in other people's business. And it's like, yeah, okay, that's true up to a certain point. But then if we all just tried to focus on ourselves, like, where would we be as human beings? That's horrible. That's a horrible way of thinking. We need to help each other out. And that means if you see a job posting, you're like, oh, my gosh, this reminds me of you. I think you would be great for it. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. Or hey, um, I don't know what I'm doing. Can I ask for help? You know, that is okay. You have to speak up for yourself when you're feeling unsure about something. In my mind, maybe, I don't know, five, 10 years down the line, I won't get nervous when I'm put in a situation that I feel like I'm not prepared for. There's this quote by Amy Poehler, and I'm also going to butcher it, but it's basically like, if we all waited until we were ready to do something, we would never do it, which is so true. And I feel like if you're waiting for yourself, your body, your mind, your heart, everything to tell you like, okay, we're good to go. We can speak up now. The moment's gone. So you can't wait for everything to get better. It's not going to. It's never going to be perfect. And you just kind of have to take that little leap, a leap of faith to move across the country, to take that improv class. Because there's a reason why, there's another quote, okay, girl, (laughs) something about like, there's a reason why you want to do the things you want to do. So like I bugged my mom for a full year when I was seven to take this acting. It was like a, like acting, singing, dance, kind of like not a workshop, but it was like this whole program. And I bugged her for a year. And she was like, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? Looking back on it, bugged her for a year so that she could save money. That's why she was like, are you sure? This is a lot of money. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I did it. And like, I loved it. And for some reason, as I got older, it's like, no, no, I don't want to, I don't want to act like, no, come on. And then I kind of fell into hosting, fell into entertainment hosting. I wanted to be a producer. And then I went on camera and I was like, oh, 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 this is what I love to do. And then I just kept doing interviews and interviews. And I was like, yeah, no, this is fun. As an entertainment host, if any of you are pursuing this in LA, it's a lot of ups and downs and with life, that's just how it is. But a lot of outlets will open up. And then they'll die out. And so I've been through a lot of a lot of those. The department shuts down, whatever. And after one of those, I just had a major epiphany. It was also around the time when Avengers Endgame came out. And it just hit me. And I was like, 
what am I doing? Again, what am I doing with my life? And don't get me wrong, I love being an entertainment host. It's a blast. But it hit me that I just kept asking people questions about their lives. And I was like, what am I doing with mine? I'm asking them about all the cool things they're doing. What do I really want to be doing? And it hit me and I was like, oh, it was by far one of the most intense moments of my life, which sounds so weird to say. It's like, well, getting proposed to was also like an out-of-body experience. Getting married, yeah, that too. And then (laughs) realizing that I've been wanting to act my whole life and I've just been shoving it down. Why? Because I've always felt like, no, I'm just not good enough. Or I, I mean, everyone wants to act like, no, oh my God, I'm in LA and I want to act. Okay, how cliche of me. And then I was like, you know what, Amy, screw it. This ties into Avengers Endgame. And you don't have to know much about the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe to understand what I'm going to say. Steve Rogers, Captain America, he's given the chance to go back in time. And the thing that he does is he goes and he spends his life with his true love, Peggy Carter. And it's this whole thing. And obviously, like, if you've seen the movie and all of that, like, I I have not been able to watch the movie again because it affected me so much that even if I hear the song, the music that it plays at that point, I'm like, and I realized, Amy, you don't have an infinity stone to be able to go back in time like Steve Rogers. You don't have that. So you need to start doing the things that you would love to have been doing this whole time now. So then I did and I signed up for UCB classes and then I like signed up for everything. I signed up for acting classes, found an agent and everything like, you know, and you just have to do that. And I, I, I've been ready for decades, but I just never let myself really be in it and understand that there was a reason why I've been loving acting for so long and every single time I watch a performance will that be on stage or in movies that I always felt a little sad after and I thought it was normal and it's not normal to feel sad because you're like I wish that was me I wish that I could affect people like that I wish that I could be these characters tell these stories feel these things that's not normal that means that you actually want to do these things so you know it takes it takes a lot of trial and error and everything that I've learned from hosting really does help It helps with acting because it helps me say like, hi, my name is Amy Cassandra Martinez. I live in Southern California and I'm 4'11", right? And you hear that. It's like, hi, I'm here. I matter. I bring value. Okay. So what you just did is literally what everyone who listens to this show wants to do. You just enacted the fantasy of so many people. So what like what can they do to get there like if someone's like wow she sounds so confident i would love to be able to introduce myself that way what would you say to that person i i've mentioned this before ancestors are a big thing to me after i lost my mom i felt so out of touch with everything i i talked to my therapist about this too that i like generally have a lot of sense of like not belonging and feeling kind of like I'm floating. Like you think of tree roots, you think of your ancestors, you think of like your whole family. I feel like I have no immediate connection to the rest of my family. And I think of that because it's solely tied to my mom. And it was just us two. And I always heard about stories from my grandma because of her. And when I lost her, it took me a while to be like, okay, well, she's always going to be with me, right? Everything that my mom went through, that my grandma went through, that my great-grandfather went through, all of the amazing people that came before me are still with me. And every single time that I feel like, uh, uh, is this, am I good enough? Am I doing enough? Am I worthy? I have to think about 
everything that came before me, every one that came before me, that is rooting for me, and all of the experiences that I thought, like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to survive this. To touch on a little bit of mental health talk, there has been a lot of downs, a lot, a lot. And just because you have those downs, it doesn't mean that they're always going to be like that. My therapist always says, feelings are fleeting, right? You have a happy moment, awesome, hold on to it. It's not always going to be there. You have a really bad moment, it's okay. Work through these techniques, you're going to get past it. So when I feel like lost in the world, which I'm very much going through that right now, I have to like sit back and be like, okay, what do I know about myself? I might not always have confidence in my exterior, right? I mean, year into the pandemic, I, before the pandemic, I was working out like freaking five times a week going to Orange Theory. I love it. I miss it so, but I'm not doing that. But just because I'm not doing that doesn't mean I haven't grown in other ways. Might not be physically as fit as I was, but my goodness, the mental things that I've just, I've gotten so much stronger and I've learned about myself. Those are things that I need to keep in mind. So when you walk into a room, when you walk onto a carpet, when you walk into a virtual room online to do whatever you're doing, think of everything that you've been through that you didn't think you could survive and you did. Think of moments that have been way harder. My mom always used to say, like, is it life or death? If it isn't, then it's okay. Like, you can do this. If it is life and death, okay, take things one at a time, slowly, slowly, because it is a big deal, right? When we were going, when she was going through chemo, I was like, I always tried to put things into perspective. And that's like a big thing with anxiety and things. It's like, okay, <laughs> is this a big thing? Is this not? And when she was going through it, I was like, okay, it is a big deal. And this is a lot. Take it one thing at a time. Enjoy every single wonderful moment and work through the bad ones because we're all going to have bad moments. But yeah, I mean, I think a big thing, like I said, with anxiety is, is that your brain just thinks all these things and you're like, hey, okay, chill. What is, what is the likely outcome? What is the least likely outcome? What is the craziest, like most, like best case scenario? But again, come back to the likely outcome. And then just stick to that. And I feel like whenever we get nervous about something, whenever we don't feel like we're worthy or all of that, it's like your brain just starts doing all these like exercises and you're like, chill, chill, chill. I am very much like a feelings person. My therapist said something a few, oh, I don't know, a couple of months ago. And she's like, well, your actions are not guided by your feelings, right? They're guided by your your thinking, your thoughts. And I was like, what? <laughs> What do you mean? My thoughts, my actions are solely guided by my feelings, solely. I'm very much a feelings person. I cry all the time, whether I'm happy, whether I'm sad. I'm coming to learn that about myself. And I feel like doing that exploration of like, oh, okay, I'm gonna take the freaking Enneagram quiz and figure out what kind of number I am. Oh, I'm a four wing three. Okay, what does that mean? It means that I like to place value in my life and leave a legacy behind. And I value things that I'm doing and I wanna leave something of importance behind. And that's a big deal of who I am. Okay, cool. If you believe in astrology, if you don't, learn about that. Learn about like, you know, when you were born and what that means. And then learn about yourself so that when you get in situations, you learn, oh, okay, this is why I'm feeling this way. So when you walk into a room, when you walk into, again, a red carpet or a virtual room, you show up and you're like, this is me, my little greatest showman thing. This is me. This is who I am. This is, this is, this is it. I don't have to be anything 
I don't have to be anything other than what I've been trying to be, baby. You know, just like show up and just be who you are. No one's asking you to be different. And if they are, maybe you don't need to be around them. Or, you know, obviously just like try to grow, be the best version of yourself that you can be. Yes. I love it so much because like everything that you're saying is like, it's not about like being perfect or like always being so good at it. It's just about being true and real and just like finding the things in you that make you feel strong. And messing up. I think with with everything that's happened in the last year, people are scared to mess up. And it's like, y'all, look, if you mess up, apologize. Be real. Be authentic. Be your true self and stop pretending to be someone that you're not. If you grew up a certain way, it is your obligation, it is your duty to consistently try and be better, a better human being every single day. I, I always, I've always, not always, but since we moved to California, I'm like, I think everyone should leave home at least, at least for like a couple of years. And if home means like ask like out of state <laughs> or several cities down i think you really need to get out i think it's important as part of like growing up as a human being that means leaving your comfort zone and the comfort zone i would another quote from freaking pinterest your comfort zone can kill you i know it's true i think my my biggest thing with life is that i don't want to look back and say i wish i had done this because here I am in my 20s, still wondering why the heck I didn't just stick with acting when I was a kid. I loved it so much. Why Why did my little like teenage brain say, uh-uh, who was it? And I'm like, oh, really? You want to get into that? I mean, you know who it was. It was your supposed friends that were like, oh, well, I'm going to get a real job. I'm going to go to school and get a real major. Where it was like, you know, I wanted to be movie critic for a while. And you're like, nah, <laughs> just be who you are. Be who you are. Mess up. If you mess up, move on. Learn from the mistakes and be like, look, I screwed up. I screwed up. I'm trying to be better. And and don't expect other people to do the work that you could be doing. That like no one's going to hold your hand and be like, oh, we said something we shouldn't have said today. Let's let's think this through and see how. we. No, this is all you. We're all adults. And if, you know, if you're technically not considered an adult, if you're considered a minor, you're still doing that growing and learning. And if you, at whatever age, have the luxury to have your parents around, you are still learning and growing, right? I think there's a weird sense of like when you lose a parent, that you know, it's all you've ever known. You're like, okay, I guess that's it. I'm done. I, whatever they've taught me, I'm done. But I'm like, you know, everything that my mom taught me, like I have that, that replays in my mind. My mom was learning and growing, right? If you're in your seventies, eighties, you're always trying to actively learn, grow. If you're retired too, like, I, I think that there's always room for growth and there's always room to be like, okay, well, what do I want to leave behind? It's such a big deal to me to see like, well, what do I want to leave behind? I want to leave the world a better place, whatever that means. Sometimes people find value in thinking that we're so small and the big scheme of things, which, yeah, yeah. But I'm like, well, that might be the case, but I always feel a sense of power being like, well, but there's a reason why we were all born. Our life is important. It's not just like, oh, it's just a blip. No, I think we're important. If not, why else would we be here? 
Oh my gosh, so profound, Amy. I know, right? <laughs> I love <laughs> that it. That so fancy. <laughs> I love it. Okay, tell us where we can find you because I think people are going to want to connect with you. Oh, yeah. Um, in the interwebs, right? Is that what people say? No one says it anymore. Amy. Oh my gosh, stop trying to make fetch happen. Um, yeah, just honestly, Twitch and Instagram are the biggest places. So on Instagram, it's just at Amy Cassandra MTZ. MTZ, like Martinez, it's an abbreviation. Some people are like, mts. I'm like, sure, if you want to say mts, 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 have it be like a club thing. Um, there. And then on Twitch, is just twitch.tv slash Amy Cassandra MTZ. Twitter's the same thing, um, Amy Cassandra MTZ. And yeah, I mean, I feel like once you find, oh my gosh, I think I even have my website, amycassandra.com. And that links to everything, like everything my Twitch, my Facebook, my Twitter, my Instagram, my YouTube. Oh my gosh, YouTube. Yeah. I'm spending so much time on Twitch that I forget about YouTube. But yeah, all of that, I think. Awesome. I'm going to link everything below. And now we're going to do the closing questions, which I'm really excited about. The first one is a new one that I'm doing. And I just want to give every guest a space to speak to like any issues they're passionate about. There's so much happening in the world. And I wanted to create this open space for you to share whatever is on your heart that you want people to know. I think that right now, gosh, there's so much. But I think right now, an important thing to keep in mind, I kind of touched on this earlier is everything that's been going on with the Black Lives Matter movement and with Stop Asian Hate, you know, more about spreading Asian joy, not just like stopping the hate, with everything, just, you know, police brutality, just racism, racism as a whole. I think, like I said, people are scared to to, to mess up. They are, to say the wrong thing. And I, I also touched on this earlier. It's like people are worried about, you know, like the way that they grew up, I've also learned it's like, oh, okay, well, whether it was because of ignorance or the way that things were in Texas or Mexico, like the things that were never okay, but that people did and I grew up around is definitely not okay. So it's up to me to constantly try and be a better human being. We talk a lot about this on my Twitch of like, okay, so this happened. And with that, I urge everyone to follow Instagram accounts that you wouldn't normally follow. Like, it doesn't have to be this whole expedition of like buying all these books and like trying to actively actively be anti-racist. Could literally just be following Instagram accounts that have little infographics. I've learned so much, so much by just reading those things. We're all, we all spend a lot of time on Instagram as it is. Come on, let's be real. So if we take this time and actively try and help out everyone around us and and understand that racism is tied to so many other things that it's like oh why do you got to bring race into it we're not bringing race into anything racism is tied to a lot of things and it affects people's lives it really does and with that on my discord which is basically just a place where we have a bunch of like sub channels and we talk about a bunch of different things there's a subsection that's called what we can do i had found out from danny fernandez danny fernandez is a host and actress uh she's actually working on an hbo show it's one percent happy i believe and i've actually never met her in real life but i follow her and i admire her she shared this thing about bystander intervention it's this free class it's an hour long that you can take it's just like a free one-off thing 
And it's about how to how to intervene when someone's being attacked and harassed. And it's all these things that you follow the right accounts on Instagram, follow the right accounts on Twitter, actively just try and be a better human being. We're all just trying to make sure that people people feel safe, people feel heard. And this expands to much more than just race, right? It expands to the LGBTQ community. So that's just a big thing for me, anti-racism and trying to be a better human being every single day and screwing up along the way if that's if that's how you become better. Thank you for that reminder. It's super important to like keep checking that fear of like saying the wrong thing. Because for me, it comes up constantly and it's not just like a one-time thing. It's like all the time. Yeah, it's it's easier. It's easier than I think people think to intervene as well. Yeah, thank you so much for that. And for the second to last question, it's about the title of the show, The Art of Speaking Up. What does The Art of Speaking Up mean to you? The Art of Speaking Up to me means, I mean, basically everything that you have inside of you that gives you that little push, like think of like inside out, (laughs) like joy. And I mean, heck, I guess all the other feelings too, but are just like, do it, speak up and, and ignoring all the like negative ones that are like, nah, I'm not worthy. I don't know. What do I have to say? It's not important, blah, blah, blah. Or even your brain. That's like, don't do it. Don't do it. Just don't do it. And just listening to that little bubbly feeling, right? <laughs> You're so bubbly. <laughs> yeah, okay. It's just a lot of like excitement, nervousness and using that to be like, okay, here I go. And just just saying something, right? It, there's a reason why you have that feeling that you need to do something, you need to say something. And that's the art of it. Em- embracing that and being like, okay, I have value and I'm gonna say the thing. Oh, I love your definition so much. That resonates with me so, so much. And for the final question, this was inspired by what inspired the show. So I went through this really hard period in my career where I felt alone and I didn't have mentors and I didn't feel confident. So much of the stuff that we talked about, like struggle, not feeling confident. And I started this show to speak to anyone who's in that place to like help them see the light at the end of the tunnel, remind them that they're not alone. And I love to give this last space to the guests to just share whatever you want to share to someone who might be in a tough spot or just like looking to feel more optimistic and more empowered. I think it's important to share a quick little story that really helped me get like fully on my way with entertainment hosting that's really affected a lot of my life, obviously. I was working at a boutique, like like fancy little clothes that I just couldn't really afford because I'm like, why is that so overpriced? Come on, I'm not going to pay $40 for a shirt that I could get at Marshall's. Um, and I, I was there and... <laughs> They wanted me to be a manager. And I was like, what am I doing with my life? Things started getting a little difficult because my friend was coming into town. And I was like, hey, like, I would like to take some time off because she's going to be in town. And she was like, well, you can't. This was like my boss at the time. And I was like, I'm sorry. Well, you can't because we need you here. And I'm like, okay, but there's other people here and she's coming into town. And so I reevaluated everything. I'd been thinking about this for a while. There I am sitting at this boutique store listening to Michael Buble, I'm like, what am I doing? What am I doing? What am I doing? And so I'd never done this in my life before. I was like, you know what? They deserve someone better. And I can't give them any more of my time because I think it's a disservice that I really don't want to be here. So when I clocked out that night, I returned everything. I was the last one by myself, closed everything, 
closed the door, locked it. Funny enough, I turned over this little thing that was on there and it said now hiring. And I was like, well, there you go. Now hiring. I sent an email and I was like, I'm sorry, I just can't do this anymore. It was, it was for a lot of reasons, but the biggest one was like, I felt myself going down this freaking carpool lane of stuff I just didn't want to do. And so after my friend came into town, it was like a fun little like, yay, breath of fresh air. Then she left and I was like, what am I doing? Again, what am I doing? What am I doing? I went on YouTube and I was watching people doing the things that I was wanting to do. I was looking at hosting reels and I saw people use these mic flags. And I was like, what the heck is that mic flag? Did a little bit more digging after buzz. What the heck is after buzz? And then I applied for after buzz, got after buzz. Did a lot of stuff on AfterBuzz, ended up going on red carpets, worked for Popcorn Talk, did all of that, then went to other outlets, Red Carpet Report, I was doing Hollywood Junket, I was doing, um, did a little bit of Dance Network, then after that it was like, okay, bigger and bigger, then got clever, then after, it, and then it just like spiraled, and it's basically going back to, why am I doing this? What brings me the absolute most joy? Don't try to pretend that, same thing with, you know, Avengers Endgame acting and everything. Don't try to pretend that you don't love the things you love to do. There's a reason why you love the things you love to do. So if you're feeling lost, basically start from scratch and be like, okay, what do I absolutely love to do? And what are the people that I, that are doing the things that I want to be doing? What are they doing? Right now, that means going on IMDb Pro and seeing who the agencies are and taking those classes and being like, okay, There's never going to be a linear way of doing things, but it's like, let me see, how did they do it? How did this other person do it? How did this other person do it? And doing that semi-Instagram stalking, INDB stalking, class stalking, like, you know, just going to different classes and seeing how many free things you can get. Hello, money is tight. We're in a pandemic. I get it. And, And just kind of like figuring out what the heck is going on. And I say this from personal experience of something that I'm doing right now. I don't have a stable income. I don't have like an actual job. I lost my job early this month. And I was like, cool, another video department gone. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So this is what I'm going through right now and trying to set yourself up for like, I'm going to prepare myself so that when the opportunity comes, I don't have to get ready. You have to stay ready. Don't wait for yourself to get the opportunity to get ready. That's actually, I think it's a, oh, it's Ice Cube. It's a lyric. If you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. Mm -hmm. Something like that. Wow, full of random quotes today. But yeah, that's just it. Get yourself prepared. Oh my gosh, a perfect note to end on the meow. Thank you so much, Amy. (laughs) Thank you, Spielberg. And E.T., thank you. Thank you, Jessica. Thank you. That was Amy's cat, (laughs) which was a hilarious way to close out and end the interview. Divine timing, right? Like, is there any better definition of divine timing than that cat noise? I don't think so. But I hope that you enjoyed this conversation. Like I was saying at the beginning, hearing Amy share the more vulnerable parts of her experience and how she shows up anyway, even with nerves, even with fear, was just like another dose of inspiration for me. And I was like, yeah, like I can, we can, right? And it just made me feel so uplifted. And I hope that it had the same effect on you. And if you feel fear and if you feel nerves, I hope that you know that even though they're hard, even though they're not fun, 
it's not necessarily a problem and it doesn't have to be something that gets between you and where you want to be professionally. If you want to follow Amy, which I absolutely suggest that you do, I'm going to link all of her links and her socials and her Twitch channel down in the show notes. And if you want to get in touch with me or look into working with me one-on-one, I will also put my coaching website down in the show notes. And I will also put a link to where you can get all of my free stuff, my executive presence course, my ebook, and the private Facebook group. I will put everything down below. I hope that you're having such a wonderful week. I am so happy to have you listening all the way to the end. If you are here at the end of this episode, please like let me know. Say hi. Let's meet. Um, You will find my contact information in the show notes. And I hope the rest of your day goes well. And I will catch you next week for another solo episode. And have a wonderful day.